0: Hey, I want to thank uh, New Tech, our friends at New Tech who do the uh, TriCaster 850. I was uh, just did that New Tech panel, the Digital Minds panel with Adam Carolla. That's on our Twit Specials feed, by the way, if you want to see it, twit.tv slash specials, the uh, Broadcast Minds uh, event, which was so much fun. We had uh, uh, Steve Helmuth from the uh, NBA was there, uh, Mark Fredo from St. John's University sh- talking about how they do video production with this amazing uh, uh, TriCaster. Um, you know that we started our network on the TriCaster. We've never left. We've now upgraded to the TriCaster HT850. In fact, that's what we're using right now. Alex is on there. How many hours of training did you have to use that? None. <laughs> An hour, maybe. And he sat down, and he's switching our shows. He's doing the lower thirds. There he is. There's Alex. with, it. And he's got that 850, um, uh, that incredible 850 control surface. I mean, look, Alex is our intern, and he's switching a TV show. That basically is a TV truck. A, a multi-million dollar TV truck in a box. Uh, we could not do what we do without uh, NewTek and the TriCaster HD 850. Thank you, NewTek. We really appreciate the loan of that 850. Can we keep it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to
1: Broadcast Minds, presented by NewTek and streaming live worldwide with Ustream. Available on NewTek.com, StreamingMedia.com, FullSale.com, and live.twit.tv. Now, please welcome Senior Vice President of Strategic Development at New Tech,
2: Mr. Philip Nelson.
3: Thank you very much. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys being here with us tonight at our second Broadcast Minds event. Um, last year's was such an awesome event. Um, We had such great panelists, we wanted to to do it again this year and bring some of the legends of television and webcasting that are really changing business models all over the world. Before we introduce this year's panelists, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, welcome some alumni that are here with us. Uh, First, I'd like to introduce Mr. Don Sperling from the New York Giants. Don, where are you? He was on our panel last year. Also, uh, in the VIP section, we have Mr. Jeff Jacobs from MTV, one of the uh, first adopters of TriCaster and a real pioneer. Jeff Jacobs, where are you? He's hiding back there. Thanks, Jeff. All right, tonight, our moderator for the Broadcast Minds event is uh, the editor-in-chief of StreamingMedia.com and OnlineVideo.net. He's a journalist who's been covering technology and entertainment for over 20 years Help me welcome Mr. Eric Schumacher-Rasmussen. Thank you, Eric.
4: Thanks, Philip.
3: You guys are in for a treat because we have a star-studded panel for you guys tonight. I'd like to introduce our first member of the Broadcast Minds panel. He is the godfather of tech broadcasting, founder of TWIT, and producer of over 40 hours of live content every week, Mr. Leo Laporte. Thank you, Leo. Our next member of the Broadcast Minds panel is the EVP of Technology and Operations at the NBA. He, really, he oversees from IT to broadcast to in arena and scoring systems. He's the man behind the first ever live sporting event done in 3D. And he's also the architect of, and, and in charge of the team that has implemented the TriCaster for the WNBA and NBA Development League projects, Mr. Steve Helmuth. Thanks, Steve. Thank Our next member of the Broadcast Minds panel is the senior associate AD at St. John's University. He oversees 17 sports, and he's leading the college sports initiative to get rid of the printed media guides and transition to streaming video so that they can really reach the fans and the students and recruits. Mark Fratto from St. John's. And the most awesome beard on the panel. All right, and our final member of the Broadcast Minds uh, team is a best-selling author, a radio and television personality, and the host of the number one most downloaded podcast in the world, Mr. Adam Carolla. Thanks, Adam. All right, Eric, I'm going to turn this over to you.
4: Thank you very much, Philip. You know, this is... uh this is awesome because this is one of the few crowds, a uh, few places where uh, Leo Laporte got slightly more applause than Adam Carolla, um, which is awesome, which is very cool. Uh, and you know what? This is a, I'm really excited about this event. Um, you know, as editor of StreamingMedia.com, we see a lot of different products. Obviously, we've got, you know, we try to maintain some degree of editorial impartiality, but when there's something that's really freaking cool, it's really freaking cool. And the new tech TriCaster is pretty freaking cool, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's really part of, and this may sound like a bit of a cliche, but because it's been talked about so much, you know, the democratization of video. You've got people, broadcasters, old media who are using tools like the TriCaster to, uh, to, to reach audiences more directly and more cost-effectively. You've also got uh, new media, people who are doing podcasts, things like Twit TV, who are doing things with the TriCaster that they just wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Uh, they can't afford to pull up a $10 million broadcast truck uh, to uh, Leo's Cottage. At least I don't think you're making that kind of coin yet. Not yet. Um, and, of course, you know, the specialty, uh, the new tech TriCaster specialty is live video online. And if you needed any more proof that live online video has... Uh, has really become mainstream. Just look at last week when YouTube announced that they were starting uh, a YouTube live channel. And so even though, and I think we'll probably talk about this a bit, even though on-demand video viewing numbers are still greater than, uh, than live viewing numbers, uh, that's changing. And uh, it's because of the technologies like the TriCaster, and there are others out there, but uh, that are allowing people to, to, to reach out directly uh, to their fans online. And what I'd like to do is start by asking each one of our panelists a bit about why they chose to go that route, using the TriCaster to reach their audience directly without a, an old broadcast, uh, old-school media intermediary, and talk about the pros and cons of that. So, Leo, with TV, as Philip said, you produce 40 hours of content a week. It goes out online. It's available on uh, the Roku device. It's available on all sorts of platforms. And again, there's no... Traditional network involved. Why did you decide to go that route, and uh, what are the pros and cons?
0: Well, I'll be frank. It was really I just wanted to meet Kiki Stockhammer, and uh, <laughs> and I did, and 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 I feel fulfilled now. Um, now, it, we looked when we when I first started thinking about doing video. I mean, frankly, uh, originally we were just an audio podcast, and our audience seemed to want more. Uh, it started with me and a little webcam uh, pointed at the studio, you know. Um, but as we started to build it out, I kind of got a hankering having many years as a TV broadcaster to have a little bit more, to have more angles, more shots, lower thirds, more capabilities, and, of course, star wipes. So, uh, <laughs> although I like those tumbling dice wipes, too. Those are pretty good. So uh, we, 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 I started looking, and they're really... You know, in my price range, which was pretty little, there was very little I could find that would do what I wanted to do. And we looked at hardware switchers. And then fu- when it finally came down to, there was nothing anywhere close to what the TriCaster, originally I had a TriCaster studio and, and later a broadcast, could do uh, at that price point. It was just nothing close. Uh, and it was, you know, it was my own money I was writing the check. So uh, it was pretty much a no brainer. You know, we use it, I think, in ways that New Tech never imagined. It's running 24 7. We do the reruns on it, we'll do the shows on it, we did don't shut it down, we then start running reruns. I mean, that thing runs day in, uh, day out. We really get get a lot out of that $10,000 investment, but I've been very happy with it, yeah.
4: Now, Steve, the NBA, you're using the TriCaster to capture uh, footage at D-League, Development League games, uh, but you're also doing all sorts of innovative things with that footage. Talk about that a little bit and talk about, again, what what that approach allows you to do that you wouldn't be able to do with uh, traditional broadcast technology.
1: Yeah, the d League's the um, development league of the NBA. In fact, there are three playoff games on tonight. So if you want to sample you know, the quality you know, from, the, from the HD TriCasters, you can. But the idea was that w- we needed the TriCaster. It was the only device that would really give us everything we needed. Number one, we needed live, right? So we put it right on the table, right next to the radio announcers. We do a live streaming event. In addition, we record 1080i, right, to a SATA drive. The SATA drive comes back to the NBA, goes into our digital media management system, and then is available to the producers at Versus, you know, that do a, do a HD package on Versus, and then becomes available to all the teams to cut highlight packages or to, or to pull up footage as players are called up from the D-League into the NBA. So we have, we have an archive quality HD feed. Um, that's those same recordings on the SATA drives, right? are made available to NBA TV. So every week, we actually take a D-League game recorded in HD, and it's the D-League game of the week. So it gets a broadcast airing as well. So, um, so we're really using the device for everything it's, it's, it's good for. You know, I don't know if you know, there's an editor also in the TriCaster. So from these venues, from these small D-League venues, uh, we don't have, you know, we, we can't pump HD out of them. So what we do is we have the TriCaster operators stay late that evening, cut a highlight package, voice it, and upload it to our CMS, and then it's on dleague.com and available on nba.com as well. So, so we're, really, we're really using the device through its uh, full cycle. Right.
4: right. Now, St. John's University is also uh, putting the, the device uh, to many different uses. And, uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about your massive video production department and what they're doing with, uh, with the TriCaster.
2: Well, one of the nice things for us about TriCaster is uh, there's there's many universities and, and colleges that have major football programs and video departments that go along with it. Uh, for us, at St. John's. A lot of people know St. John's for New York City's basketball team, uh, Lou Carnesecca, top seven in the NCAA history in, uh, in all-time basketball victories, Chris Mullen, Mark Jackson, people like that. Um, but we're uh, you know there really there's 17 sports at St. John's, and there's there's uh, you know only so many opportunities to get. Uh, exposure for them in the mainstream media in New York. So, what we're able to do is, is we're able to use a student staff and use our staff of graduate assistants, you know, not a full-time professional video staff, to be able to cut video, to be able to uh, produce more than 100 live sporting events from campus every year. So, we're really able to get all the different sports out there, including our men's basketball program in different ways. But not only that, you know, down to soccer and softball and fencing and, and tennis as well.
4: Excellent. Now, Leo, you said you started uh, your show just capturing from your webcam. Adam, when you started doing your podcast, were you also just capturing from a uh, a simple webcam? And, and what made you move up to do something a little more professional-looking?
5: Well, we we have a TriCaster, but uh, that piece of shit just gathers dust in the corner. <laughs> and <we> don't really... <laughs> They gave it to me, but I don't. I mean, I, sometimes I'll set a beer on it, but it's mainly we're, we're we're involved in the audio side of this, so I don't honestly know what I'm doing up here. Um, but uh, we we started off as just doing an audio podcast. Well, I mean, I, I think the dream, the goal, is to say to the big radio stations, terrestrial or not, or or the big. A uh, television networks hey man we're going to do our own thing. Uh, just power to the people give the, give the ability uh back to the people. if you can do something, then you can do run your own network. So for us, it was just a logical move when I got uh, let go of my radio job. Um, we started doing a podcast, and then we started thinking, well, wait a minute, there's got to be more to running your own studio than just the the radio side of it so we thought well there's a visual side of it and that's when the TriCaster came in and now for us there's an interesting thing that we haven't quite gotten to yet but we're looking forward to doing is we we have started when I do live appearances bringing it out to the club and actually streaming the live show so it's it's interesting in that you can take it outside of the studio and I guess you could broadcast your daughter's soccer game. Uh, not that anyone would watch that shit, but I'm just saying, <laughs> theoretically, you know, if you were nuts and that good a parent, uh, you, you, could, you could do it. And, and for us, uh, the next step is bringing the TriCaster to the club, then doing the live show, then essentially doing sort of what, what's old is, is new again. The old school. Remember when Ali would fight Joe Frazier, and they do the closed circuit only at the Milwaukee, whatever. Sending then beaming it back to other clubs who don't have anything going on on a Wednesday night, and for a cheap ticket, they would come in and watch us perform at another club up on a on a big screen.
0: You know, while we're here in Vegas, uh, we really want to thank uh, our sponsors, the people who make this possible, including. Netflix. I'm so glad to have Netflix on as a sponsor because I've been a Netflix fan for so long. I am a huge Netflix fan. You probably know it best is uh, the DVD by mail uh, folks. They, uh, they, uh, you can have one, two, three, four, or five DVDs at once depending on your subscription. As soon as you're done with one, you mail it back. Within one business day, in many cases, you get the next DVD ready to watch and enjoy. Uh, and, and every movie that's out, they have on DVD. Both DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, I love it for Blu-ray. But I have to say, sometimes I just want to watch a movie, and I don't want to. I forget, you know. I, I, oh, I want to watch it tonight. The Netflix Instant is amazing. You can watch instantly hundreds, thousands, actually tens of thousands of movies uh, as part of your Netflix subscription, and you can watch it on your computer. I watch it on my Mac, my uh, my iPad, even my iPhone. I can watch Netflix movies and TV shows on whenever I want. Just download them, you know, and, and stream them and watch almost instantly within a few seconds of pressing the button. Also, Xbox 360, PS3, and Nintendo Wii's now support uh, Netflix streaming. As do most new TVs with uh, internet connections. Almost all the new Blu-ray players, the Roku box. I have a Roku box on all my TVs just for Netflix. It's really fantastic. Netflix streaming is just 7.99 a month, which is a really great deal. Probably the best deal in entertainment out there. And now that they have TV shows. Uh, more and more all the time. I'm really thrilled. In fact, I I was so thrilled to learn that Netflix is now going to have Mad Men, all eight series of, I think, one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. If you didn't get to watch Mad Men, in some ways I envy you, because you can watch them episode after episode after episode, five episodes a night if you want. And it is a great way to consume TV shows like Candy, Lost, Battlestar Galactica, it's all there. Netflix.com slash twit. Go there right now. You can try it free for 30 days. But I got to warn you, you will get hooked. Netflix.com slash twit. Try it free right now. I think you'll love it. What about
4: creatively? Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about uh, the fact that that online video allows you to bypass the traditional intermediaries of, of traditional broadcast. Uh, what does establishing that sort of format allow you to do creatively that, that you couldn't do on broadcast or you couldn't do on, uh, on terrestrial radio? Adam, you want to start on that?
5: Well, I mean, obviously, your, your voice is not censored by the FCC and, and, more importantly, by the man or your boss or your program director. I mean, it, it basically puts the wheel in your hands. Now, you can steer off the road. believe me, there's enough drainage ditch for all of us to land in between here and L.A., Uh, but at least you're behind the wheel. At least you're not the person in the passenger seat doing this as you hit the 18-wheeler that's coming the other direction, and so really just you get to either float or sink, but at least it's done by your own decisions and by your own ideas, and and I, there's a certain part of that that's satisfying. I mean, ultimately, that's life. But what you don't want is someone else making a bad decision
0: for you and steering you into oncoming traffic. Yeah, it's so true. Every every radio guy I ever met always wanted to own his own radio station, and right. that's really that what that was all about. It wasn't that they wanted the hassle of owning a radio station; they just wanted to be able to do their own thing. You know, uh, doing uh, TV in a real situation involves so many people, camera operators and technical director, director, tape room, all this stuff, to put it all into that small case and be able to do all. I mean, I run my own board while I'm doing it. I mean, there's something about it that's just uh, so direct uh, that I'm sitting there and I can do the wipes. Sometimes we just have fun and we play with it. You're right, drive off the road sometimes. But it really is... Uh, a completely satisfying experience, but, I'm not but
5: also the you know the, the
0: death of creativity is fifteen
5: people weighing in right no and in radio, you have a whole bunch of guys weighing in in television, you have a whole bunch more guys weighing in and imagine if any work of art, whether it 's a symphony, whether it 's a painting Whether, whatever it is, if if a group of folks stood behind the artist and said, "Eh, "Yeah, Mickle, I don't think that, Uh, you know what, you know what, people make her, she should show teeth and let's have some more cleavage and the (laughs) Mona Lisa, I want to see a D cup on her, and... Nothing would exist. Artistically, it is death to do almost anything by committee. So, again, sink or swim, at least you're the artist. Right. And, you know, people say to me all the time, hey, man, I like you, but what about that piece of crap you did, you know, two weeks ago on whatever? And I go, I know that wasn't me. I didn't want to do it. The editor did it. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> the program, you know, those dancing with the stars assholes, they'll do what they do, you know. <laughs> At least, you know, when the, when, the, when the dust settles, you can say, this is mine, good or bad, I did it.
1: Yeah, when we, um, when we started with the uh, D-League three years ago with Philip um, and New Tech, our idea was just streaming media. It was just broadband. You know, we were thinking, great, this is a way to connect with our audience, right? Because in sports, as in, you know, everybody on this panel, we have to fit into people's lives and – And media is, you know, and obviously social media is the other way we do it. But so, but with the HD TriCaster, which delivered this year, we said, wow, we really opened up a new frontier for ourselves. Now we're headed for broadcast because Mm -hmm. broadcasting, the fans have, uh, you know, a broadcast, you know, experience has a lot wider consideration set. If you have that clicker in your hand, you're doing 20, 30 channels. Right? And I know for me, I only graze HD channels, right? So now we have the chance in some markets with the WNBA and some markets with the D-League to have people with that clicker in their hand looking for HD sports and finding our sport, right? Whereas, obviously, on the Internet, I think the consideration set for visiting websites has actually shrunk, right? Now now we're down to Facebook, ESPN, CNN. It's, It's shrinking all the time. So so what we did this year is we said we're going to take advantage of everything that the HD TriCaster can do for broadcast, and we're going to go out and find new fans. And it's been working.
2: And for us, uh, we were able to use video to find a, you know, sort of what we think is a creative solution to a very specific problem. For the last 20 years, coaches have been using magazines, media guides, to try to help recruit student athletes, send out the books, uh, you know, have a bunch of pictures in it, talk about their programs. and try to attract the perspective of the high school player into becoming the college player at your university by trying to showcase certain elements of, you know, of that university or the program or the coach and their accomplishments. A year ago, the NCAA citing green initiatives and trying to move toward cost containment for all of us, you know, on the university and college level said, no more books, you guys have to come up with online solutions. So some schools have gone to PDFs, but then it's hard to imagine, you know, a 17- or 18-year-old kid scrolling through for three hours, you know, pages and pages of PDFs. Uh, some schools have moved toward kind of like animated PDFs where like the pages flip and that's really interesting but uh, what we've been able to do is is we turned the book, we took each section and we made about a one minute video so you get to meet the coach, the actual coach that you're going to play for, for one minute. You get to meet the coaching staff, you get to meet who's going to be your strength coach, who's going to be your athletic trainer, who's going to be your academic support person. You get to actually take a one minute video tour of campus and this is, you know, again, not just basketball but every single sport at St. John's, you're able to watch that for one, you know, it it takes about 15 minutes, maybe 10, 15 minutes to get through the entire site. You get a pretty good snapshot of what your life may be like as a student-athlete at St. John's, and you don't have to really read that much. You can just kind of watch the video. You hear from the athletes, you know, they take you on the tours. You hear from the coaches, the people that you'll actually be working with, so it's not as intensive as reading, and it's still kind of, you know, still kind of the message resonates, and and you can imagine you know, a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid actually being interested in taking the 10 minutes to check out the video versus you know paging through pages and pages of PDF or you know being amused for four seconds on the the flippy uh, flippy PDF, but right. you know, the right. video is better.
4: Now, now, Leo, you mentioned that, uh, and Adam, you echoed it that you know when you've got 14, 15 people uh, you know by committee trying to influence the content, and when you're generating content for television through broadcast, it's almost like there's this wall between you and your audience. Um, and that's just the way it is. And there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about online being more of a, of a, of a lean-forward, interactive uh, medium. And, and even though, obviously, with the TriCaster and with online video, more and more of that video is ending up on HDTV screens, um, there's still something about the PC, the laptop, the, the mobile device, that, that, that I think allows viewers and readers to become, and you know, some of us still do read, um, but <laughs> I'm a magazine editor, I had to say that.
2: But You're not 17 or 18. That's true, too. Or a, or a future blue chip basketball player or football not, player. No, not, not
4: since I blew the knee out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a more intimate relationship with the content and the people delivering it. Like, I would imagine that, that 16 or 17-year-old basketball player, you know, they're, 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 there's, there's more of a relationship watching another basketball player talk about St. John's than just looking at dry text on paper. Uh, how important is it for people creating online content to to keep that in mind when they're creating it, that this is something that, that needs to engage the viewer in a different way than traditional television does?
0: Well, I mean, that's perfect because both Phil and Mark are reach are basically speaking the idiom of their audience. You need to kind of break through to the new, the new audience uh, that uh, speaks a, a whole different language nowadays. I think it's interesting because Ace and I are kind of coming from the other angle where we're, we're old mainstream broadcasters who kind of got thrown out in the curb and have found out that, in fact, uh, this is a better idiom for us anyway. It's a way we can, we can speak directly to an audience and communicate with them directly. It, it, basically, it all comes down to this is, you're exactly right, this is what the audience wants, this is what they're looking for. It's a way to, to interact with them in a much more direct way uh, you know, and I, th- for me, the thing that makes it most interesting, and one of the reasons the Tricaster is important in our uh, workflow, is because it gets out of the way, and we can we can really create and uh, and do what we need to do. It's not merely twenty two people that aren't there, but but the technology is is easy to work with and is is out of the way. I we've got you know we're we're here streaming uh, uh, six hours every day from NAB and. Uh, I've got an intern running the TriCaster. He had about an hour worth of training, and he's doing a great job. It's funny, because he got the 850. He was trained on the, uh, on the broadcast. He said, boy, this does a lot more. I can't wait to get in. I won't do it now, boss, but I can't wait to get into it. They're, they're excited. The younger guys, especially, are very excited by the opportunities this presents. I've got to tell you something uh,
5: sad. I'm not a tech guy, but I like cars. And I was sitting backstage, and someone was telling Leo, we're going to get you into one of those 850s. And I thought he was talking about a BMW. <laughs> and I was like, son of a bitch. I got to get in one of those flagships, it's a V12. Uh, now I'm relieved. This is so much cooler. Oh, okay. You don't need this. Just turns out they're filming a ficus tree grow out in the lobby. <laughs> Who gives a sh*t? But it is six hours. The the point is, it is. The thing that's that that's interesting about about the content is, you know, TV has sped up and the interviews have sped up, and it, and right. if you do. A late night show, if, if you're going to do a segment on a late night show, you got about seven minutes and it's all pre-produced and you have to spit the jokes out rapid fire. And they don't, you don't feel at the end like you really know any more about that person other than they did either a good job or poor job of spitting out their pre-produced segment. And so the thing that's interesting about it, it, it it's, it's sort of... Uh, it, it, it flies in the face of, it's counterintuitive, and that here we are in the vanguard of technology, but we're trying to get back to something that's as old as uh, you know Grecian times when people told stories, which is slow it down, get a little more intimate, one-on-one, get to the bottom of this person. I, I uh, recently did an interview with Sammy Hagar, and people said to me, I don't even like Sammy Hagar, but I love that interview. I didn't, I didn't know that side of him. I didn't know that he, he was this guy. I didn't know about his past. And it's like, because you'll never see that on television today or in radio today, because the metronome is slapping away like a, uh, like a playing card in the spokes of a wheel of a kid's bike. It is so fast now. So it's, it's always interesting to me that we've taken this new technology and used it to get back to the oldest form of communication which is really just this, yep. letting, letting it breathe and having a discussion. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you white people. <laughs> 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 Not going to find any new recruits out in this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> right now.
1: You know, uh, to follow up, Leo, about your interns. So we bring the um, operators, you know, the TriCaster operators, into the studio, and we do a training session, you know, every year. So so I've got 15 really well-trained people out there, and they, they're very aggressive. In fact, they even call us up and have us flip files to them via Vespera so they can have stuff for their openings, you know, so they can cut their openings and their intros because they want to try to make their show – Better than the other show because they're watching, they're competing. So, I was saying to Philip that we really should start a. Uh, we did this when uh, for v- different versions of Chiron as they came out, or different kind of exotic pieces of sports gear as they came out. We should really start a national list of operators, you know, of people that are that are ready to go, that you know they're trained on the equipment, so that we can, so we can you know kind of up the level of what we're doing across the board.
4: Now, uh, Leo, you talked about. Uh, you know, being able to use uh, the TriCaster and, uh, and essentially generate revenue that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise again. And for everyone here, of course, uh, sooner or later it comes back to the bottom line. How difficult is it, and I guess I'd like to ask each of you your monetization story. And I'd like to start with, with Mark because with the video you're doing on St. John's, you've got this all access pass that is a pretty neat way to generate a chunk of revenue.
2: Well, and it is, and we, we, use, you know, we use the TriCaster in so many different ways. Certainly the live platform we call uh, Storm Tracker All Access. A couple of years ago, St. John's became the Red Storm, and we, uh, you know, we do more than 100 live events on campus. Uh, it's everything from the basketball games that aren't on TV, the men's basketball games, you know, down through, talk about uh, veering off the road into a ditch. We did six hours of fencing. Wow, uh, a the, and that's, that's going off the dish. Here's how
5: you, know, you know: fencing is boring. You would rather watch guys actually put up fencing. <laughs> that would be more exciting visually. That's, it would be more compelling to see guys put up dog-eared redwood one by sixes, than
2: actually watch guys fence. Well, and I, yeah, I had, to, I had to look at the looking at the traffic report and stuff like that. Made us think about it was swords. We thought you know swords would appeal somehow. Gotta be candelabra yeah. involved. That's all I keep telling you. We may, maybe we'll do like a, a set or something next Can year. Can I say know?
5: what is it, the red storm? That sounds like a euphemism for your wife's period, by the way. I gotta <laughs> say, like <laughs> how'd the vacation go <laughs> the red storm blew in, so we'll get we'll nothing. Get <thing>.
2: We'll get our graphic designers on a logo. for And flown really. the Red storm moved in, and uh,
5: let's just say I was watching a little u porn. Uh, yeah.
2: So a whole bunch of new metaphors we can <laughs> yeah. use for our <laughs> presentation. Right. We'll get our logo designer on that right Please. away too. That's really great. <laughs> so this is about money again. Yeah. <laughs> so all of our live stuff we charge for, and if you're, you know, if you're a parent or a friend or a family member or a high school teammate of. Uh, of an athlete, you know, you get a chance, and you you live in California, and your your daughter's playing softball now in Queens, New York. You know, your chances are you're not going to be able to make every single one of her games. So, um, you know, you you do have the opportunity to catch every single one for, you know, ten bucks a month or eighty bucks for the year or, or, or something like that. and We do use kind of a kind of like an addiction model. All of our on-demand stuff is free. We kind of show off what we can do. We kind of try to get uh you know, get our people hooked a little bit, and then they come back and maybe pay for the live stuff and uh. You know, but, but all of it, I mean, it's really about engagement. It's really about involvement. It's really about kind of getting exposure even to the fencers or the people that put up fencing or the people that fight with swords that, you know, they're not going to get, they're not going to be able to, to get on ESPN to do their thing, you know, to do what they're best at. But, you know, in this way through our website, you know, we can do that and we can, uh, we can give them good publicity and then uh, we can make a little money too on the live events as well, except for the fencing.
4: <laughs> Adam, talk about your, uh, you said when you started with the podcast, you weren't making any money, right? No, it was
5: costing me eight or ten thousand dollars a month in bandwidth, so I I had no idea it was going to cost money. Uh, I was like, How much are we going to make? And someone was like, "Uh, Bad news, boss. (laughs) It's going to cost you a hundred grand a year to do this. I was like, Wow, it's an awesome business model. Let's hope we can grow this. Eventually, I'll be spending a million dollars. You know, uh, pe- people say all the time, how does this work? How do you monetize this? How does the podcast work? And I always say, look, whether you have a radio station or a TV station or you own a dirigible, uh, eyeballs and ears, uh, that, that's about it. I mean, whether it's leaflets on the windshield of a car over at the Ikea or they're listening to the podcast or watching the uh, streaming video via the TriCaster, it's, it's just how many eyeballs and how many ears can you get on your product. Uh, if you can get enough ears and eyeballs on your product, then you can start charging for advertising. If you can't, you can. And it, it, it's, it could be smoke signals, it could be tiki drums. It, it's not about the technology. It, it's really about how big a crowd can you draw. I mean, it's not much th- th- different than you going down to Venice Beach and opening your guitar case. And doing some juggling. If you got two people standing in front of you, you're gonna get a buck seventy-five in your guitar case. And if you can get a nice crowd gathered, then you're gonna walk away with enough money to buy plenty of cocaine that <laughs> night. Because let's, let's face it, those people are drug acts. But the point is this. <clears throat> the the technology is new. The the theorem is old. The the, the technology is brand new, but the way you get money is, is old as is, is, uh, the first guy, you know, is Al Jolson getting up on stage. It's how big a theater can you pack? Now it's a virtual theater and people are at home and they're not at a theater, but it's really how many people can you get and any piece of technology that helps you gather more ears or eyeballs, well, then that's that much more that you can make.
4: Well, this isn't a specific TriCaster or video production-related question, but to follow on that, uh, you know, for people coming from the broadcast world, uh, you know, it, it seems like the kind of numbers that people are, that, that, that even hugely successful properties are getting online are kind of a wake-up call, uh, because obviously they're, they're perhaps smaller than you might get with broadcast uh, radio or television, but... The numbers you get are so much more accurate and so much more meaningful than the Arbitron ratings or the Nielsen ratings. Um, I was talking to your, your uh, I believe your producer Donnie about you know the fact that you know suddenly you deliver numbers to a potential advertiser and they're not inflated numbers; they're real numbers representing real people, and you can obviously drill down into the demographics and find out exactly who you're reaching. Um, do you find that having that sort of ability to get those granular numbers? Does that help you monetize the product? Does that help you sell the product or not?
0: i think it 's actually more challenging than that because it 's a new medium, and so uh, you 're really fighting against uh, con- you know conservative uh, agencies that don 't understand it uh, or don 't get it or don 't know if it 'll work we get uh, it 's funny a lot of our buys are experimental buys initially, um, part for two reasons one because uh, they're only a few hundred thousand dollars, and for a lot of agencies that 's not. It's barely worth, you know, getting out of bed to write the check. Uh, but an experimental buy, okay, they can spend that kind of money. I think they do come back afterwards, though. We, they do research to validate the numbers. You know, it is, I would actually disagree a little bit with Adam in the sense that eyeballs aren't eyeballs. There are different kinds of eyeballs. and uh, At least in our business, we're getting a, a much more engaged audience. They're a smaller audience, but they're much more uh, part of our, our community. And so they're much more responsive to the advertising. So it isn't a, lo- a loosely engaged audience that might be watching network television. The St. John's booster that's watching a St. John's broadcast cares enough to pay 10 bucks every month because they're really invested in that. Somebody who listens to Adam actually does a lot of work to listen to Adam because they've got to go to iTunes and figure out how that works and download it, or they've got to figure out how to get it on the web. They're very engaged, and that, uh, the, the kind of energy that it, an audience brings to watching Adam they bring to buying the products. So we only do one ad every half hour. We charge a, a premium for those ads. And we get those buys from big companies like Ford and GE, partly initially because you know Ford says, well, we want to be seen as hip and with it and new media. But, but then they say, but actually, it's working. We like it. It, it works, uh, and they come back. So um, I, I think this is, this is an opportunity to slice the pie in a different way, um, because you can bring costs down. Reach a smaller niche audience, but get a much more engaged small audience, and that's pretty powerful. I think it's extremely powerful.
5: Leo's right <laughs> when he says I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> it, it's true. That it's, it's a much more engaged audience. You know it because
0: you get it. You get the feedback and the.
5: No, it, it, it's true when you tell this group who's much less passive than you would be if you're just watching channel right. surfing television. When you do this sort of call to action, you know, go to ProFlowers website and hit them up. You have a much higher batting average than than a television show would go. Uh, But to be fair to me, you know, when it when it comes to advertisers, because they're you know that 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 sort of we're few but we're proud doesn't always fly in in the face of that. You know, that's not always something that they're eager eager to embrace. They want to hear, you know, million downloads a week or, you know, 200,000 downloads a day. You know, there is a sort of bottom line. You saying, well, we got a handful of people, but they're cool. (laughs) (laughs) It does have to be more than
0: a handful. I agree. Right.
5: They want to hear, we have millions and millions, you know, so there's a balance. And they do see when they do the test buys and they see the reaction in terms of the batting average and the call to action. They're very impressed by how much higher the percentage is between a show like Leo's and a show that might be on network television and just how much better he does with, possi- with quite possibly fewer people But ultimately because these guys are still Madison Avenue and because they're still sort of rooted in their o- old right. ways it's and it's gonna be their yeah. kids that are hip to this right. but they're still, they're still dying out slowly they want to hear these big multi-million well, numbers.
0: And remember, they're agencies, so they make a cut of the size of the check they write, so they want to write big checks. They don't like writing $100,000 right. checks, so we need to charge more, basically. <laughs> right.
5: <Yeah>. So,
1: <laughs> so, Adam, you gave me an opening to quote my big numbers. So we're, we're at 1.7 billion streams of video oh at, right now wow. for, for, for NBA highlights. That's incredible. So uh, with partners around the world, so what we do is we use, domestically, obviously, it's all sold by uh, NBA Digital Turner. They do a great job. But then we have Smart Clip in Europe, you know, very fine advertising uh, agency represents us. We have Sina in China. We're we're starting to form alliances with websites where we'll actually park our official site, you know, with their basketball site, and then the video drives the consumers. So, So we're starting to figure out the digital landscape and how to convert, you know, the pre-rolls, mm-hmm. you know, which are so valuable to advertisers today, right. you know, into money. So, right. so it's, uh, so so our digital strategy is working. And of course, hand in hand with what everybody else does in this panel as well as, is, is social media. So, so uh, uh, we've been, we've been driving at social media. So we're up to, uh, we're up to 66 million likes, you know, of, mm-hmm. you know, on, on a global basis. And, and we, what we try and do is we take that audience, and we have an app, actually, that we're getting ready to deploy just the next couple of days where we try to, what we say is um, Facebook lets us know where they live, where they are. We turn that into a customized television schedule for them mm. so they know exactly where to watch the NBA, whether broadband, cable, or satellite. You know, So it's kind of a nice, gentle way of monetizing the audience um, and connecting them with the NBA, the WNBA, and the D-League at the same time.
0: Right. Uh, gonna that's, move by on. By the way, that's the difference between the NBA and a twit. Just want want you to know. I, they missed the beginning of that, but right. that is the difference, right there. One, I mean, that's a huge number, and and that's re- and that's a real number. Uh, what's great is that people like Adam and I can also exist and coexist in, in that space. You know. We're out here in Las Vegas. Uh, thanks in part to our great friends at squarespace.com. Squarespace is the ultimate in web hosting plus content management software. You've heard me talk about it before. I want you to try it free. Go to squarespace.com/twit. Click that big green try it free button. You don't need a credit card. You don't have to give them any personal information. Just set up your site. You've got full access to the Netflix, uh, to the uh, Squarespace tools right now instantly. And I mean everything from the great stats the plug-and-play uh, social media integration, the, the photo galleries, the forms – you, yeah, you can build a form to ask questions or get information. You can have uh, forums on there. It's really remarkable. Squarespace.com slash twit. Try it free today. And while you're there, if you want to get an idea of what Squarespace sites could do, of course, we have our own, and it's in the examples section, inside.twit.tv. But you might take a look at some of the other sites. I hear from people all the time. We were just talking to Paul Therott. He set up a Squarespace uh, site um, because it's so easy to do. For, for ad hoc stuff, for, you know, oh, I want to have a temporary site to cover, uh, like, NAB, it's very quick, very easy to set up, and very affordable, too. Sites start at $12 a month. That's all the hosting and the great Squarespace software. And, by the way, you never have to worry about security with Squarespace. The updates are automatic. They do them so you don't have to. Give it a try today. I know you're going to love it. If you are setting up a new site, you want to set up a site just for a special occasion, maybe a wedding, a birth, Perhaps you want to give a site as a gift. It's a great way to do that too. Squarespace.com/twit. We thank them so much for their support of our uh, coverage here at the NAB Show, NAB Show 2011 in Las Vegas, Nevada.
4: Right. We're going to move on to, to question and answers from the audience in just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to—I'd like to ask each of you, you know, in your ideal, in your dreams about online video of the future, what do you want to be doing a year, five years from now, ten years from now? With your online video that you can't do now, thought I'd throw you a curveball at the end. The,
5: that's not being done now,
4: right? Well, you know, I, I
5: just think evolution. I mean, think about where you were two years ago. Think about where you were five years ago, which is nothing. Uh, I, and and where do you want to be? I mean, the, the the idea is to constantly evolve the just the idea of the, the whole visual end of this thing was a pipe dream for us a year ago now it, it's become a reality thanks to Tricaster so it, I, I think ultimately what we're all striving for is to compete with the networks or compete with whoever the man is essentially. With oh sorry, sorry I didn't mean to offend you that's a man they're usually younger women of color I'm, I rarely see a chen- so sorry I didn't. Um, but I mean I, I think ultimately what you know what are what you're striving for in in no, no matter what what your business is is to not have people go oh this is the big budget version. And then there's, you know, look, if you're making horror movies, the idea is not to see ketchup packets and bad, you know, bad CGI and all that kind of stuff. So the whole deal is, is can we do what a big-budget studio can do with a horror movie on a shoestring budget and not have people be let down when they see our product? That, that'll be the day it gets really interesting, because right now... Let's face it, when you turn on the Tonight Show, there's a chasm between what we're doing and what they're They have a band with 16 pieces in it and a 300-person audience and so on and so forth. But the, when the, what we should all be striving for, and, and, and again, it doesn't matter whether you're doing a late-night show or whether you're doing a, a St. John's Fencing Championship. And I like <laughs> the cyclone fencing myself, but that's me. The point is... Can, can we be on the same playing field, and yet can we be doing it on our own terms and from something the size of a, a briefcase, and you know, at our own facilities, and not dealing with buildings and guys with corner offices and bad suits with horrible ideas? To me, <laughs> to me, just getting up to getting up to that, and then letting you know, may the best man win. That. That is what we're all here for, ultimately.
2: Mark? I think Adam hit the nail on the head right there. I think we're all just, you know, we're trying to uh, just increase the sophistication of the video product that we're kind of putting out there. The University of Texas, as part of its deal to keep its league together and stuff, was uh, encouraged to go ahead and and build their own network, their own television network, just for Texas athletics. Uh, You know, a school like ours and, you know, the the 2,000 other schools out there across America they're not going to get a television network. So, you know, the idea is to to keep developing an online version of that sort of television network for each one, you know, for your school. And, you know, in doing that, the revenue revenue is nice that it brings in, and the the numbers and the advertising and stuff like that's nice also. There is a communications and PR function there that, you know, gives exposure to student-athletes that wouldn't get it, and and really, you know, you're able to generate some excitement about those programs, which then, you know, helps – People get excited and involved in in your teams and your athletes, and then hopefully go out and buy sweatshirts and tickets and and make donations. I like Leo's guy. The guy watching the softball game is going to write the big check because you know maybe he's uh, you know inspired or you know excited about something that goes on there. So I think you know just in terms of like trying to to keep the product moving forward, trying to catch you know whatever you know trying to catch ESPN for us or trying to catch the University of Texas's network and you know, keep developing that kind of interesting content that gets people involved, gets people excited about your school, and then kind of, you know, subtly calls them to action to, uh, to do bigger things.
1: I'd say, you know, synchronous experiences, you know, on the web. So you're watching the game in HD, and there's lots of stats that we get that when people watch HD, they really don't want a lot of graphics. They just mm-hmm. want to believe they're at the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, to, they want to immerse themselves in it, you know, which is what I like to do too. So, but I also like to have my iPad or... Uh, You know, uh, with me, so I can check the stats, check things, go a little deeper. I'd like to, for sports, I'd like to be able to pick some alternate angles. You know, just just have that experience, be able to extend my experience, because I really think, you know, it's really not about interactive TV. It's a little bit of an oxymoron. Interactive TV, you want your interaction on your computer, Mm. Um, and I think we're going to have more screens in our living rooms. You know, we're going to you're going to have a couple screens, and you're going to be doing different things on them. And you want to kind of want to extend your experience. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to developing those kinds of experiences into the future.
0: One thing we know, you know, for sure is the technology will get faster, better, cheaper, smaller. And I'm most interested in seeing the technology get out of the way because what we do, and it's interesting that what you said, because what we do is also get out of the way and have a give the – viewer a personal experience. It's our goal and what we do to have the viewer feel like they're sitting there with us on the set. It's like watching the game, like your court side. In our case, it's we're having a conversation. We want them to feel like they're the fifth person in the conversation. And uh, the tech, as technology gets better, the, the ability to not only give them that experience, but have it be more real, more personal. They're more involved. It's It is more two-way. It is more interactive. That's what excites me. I mean, I really envision us becoming a 24-hour uh, network of people sitting around talking about interesting things to our particular niche audience, and they feel like they're a part of it and they can interact with it, they can ask questions, they can be there. I think technology is very close to making that possible. We're really moving. You, you see the show floor today, the cost, the size, everything is moving incredibly rapidly in that direction.
4: Absolutely. Great way to sum it up and move on to the Q&A period. I believe Philip's got a microphone.
3: Check. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, Adam has to be whisked away by limo to the airport,
4: <laughs>
3: so that I'm he can not catch a plane.
5: Was speaking off script, so <laughs> uh, it's really just a cheap excuse. I'll be cowering in my hotel room.
3: So thank Adam, you. we appreciate you being here, but we're going to take do a and A. So, uh, thank, you so thank you, Adam. Thank you, thank you guys. Nice to meet you. This is the VIP treatment. Around. He's thank getting you. VIP, baby. Thank you thank for being you. here, Adam. Thank you. Adam. Thank you. All right, so let's do a Q&A. If you have some questions for our Broadcast Minds panelists, uh, raise your hand. We're going to take just a few minutes. We have a question right here in front. All right, let us know who your question's for. And uh,
1: I would address this to any member of the panel, perhaps Mr. Laporte, but do you see a parallel from the original three uh, alphabet broadcast networks with their uh, huge amount of capital involved, uh, the, the shift from that to broadcast or from uh, uh, cable satellite? and the more narrow uh, audiences, uh, History Channel, uh, MTV Weather Channel, that sort of thing. Now we're going to uh, internet uh, uh, television, uh, internet-delivered video, but with a worldwide footprint rather than just just a nationwide footprint, and what the capabilities are with uh, 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 less capital expenditure now that we can broadcast to the world with a more
0: narrow uh, type
1: of uh, audience. Focus.
0: Right. I, well, I mean, I don't think the three initial networks or the three initial sports franchises are going to go away. I mean, there's a lot of room for expensive movies and major league sports that, that, that a little guy, I couldn't field a, an NBA team because it is capital intensive. But what this technology does is it democratizes uh, what has been in the past the province of, uh, you know, people who had a lot of money. You couldn't start a TV station, a radio station. You couldn't be a book publisher. You couldn't write a book without the help of somebody who was who had a lot of money who owned the presses so the fact that the the cost of doing this is getting less and less expensive that the distribution medium is global and virtually free is transformational I think um, it, it, it changes everything about media it changes what we call media if everybody is in the media who is who is the media you know Jerry Purnell the bike the, the columnist went to CES this year he's, a, he's an old-school journalist he said I don't, I, I don't like it because everybody is a journalist there and they're all blogging and reporting he said you know what's left for me um, I think that's exciting I think it's, I love Jerry but I think that's, that's very exciting and I think his unique voice in fact is doing very well with his own blog on his own website I think this is a great opportunity for everybody
3: anyone else on the panel would like to comment on that Steve uh, Mark or do we have another question from the crowd uh, we got a. We'll, we'll take someone from the back. Uh, let's get back here, and uh, yes, sir. What's your question, and who is it for? It's for Steve. Uh, I'm the director of audio/video for the TD Garden in Boston. I've been doing the right. Celtics for many years, go. and wondering if you ever envision, and how far down the road that for home and visitor broadcasts, not national broadcasts, that potentially we might be able to maybe three, four, five years not be able to pull up TV trucks and be able to be able to do a lot of these broadcasts really in-house.
1: You know, know, I I was going to say that was TriCaster. You know, I I started my career at NBC Sports in 1978, so um, I just, TriCaster is is a revolution in the sense that, you know, with a $40,000 device, you have replaced an $8 million mobile unit. I mean, it is just, it's an enormous shift, um, uh, uh, you know, of, of great magnitude, you know, and the surprising thing is that new Tech's out there on their own. Mm-hmm. There's no competitor to Nuke Tech here at the show that I know of. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing, um, and uh, I, I think it's, it's a huge step forward, and I agree. I I think I used to think that uh, the mobile units will always stay the same. They're never going to change. The mobile units are going to be a mobile unit. They'll be the three decks, you know, producer, director up front. It'll always be that way. I don't believe that anymore, you know. In fact, um, we were theorizing um, over the weekend at a retreat um, that I do with the sports video group that perhaps we will just go to IP cameras, right? So in other words, we won't even bother with all the, all the standards and all the conversions. It'll just be IP throughout the entire system at some point. I think that'll probably be the next big move. You know, that's three, four, five years on the horizon, but why not IP transport everywhere? You know, why bother with all the codecs and all the expense associated with them? So I think that might be that might be the move that will that will tip it, you know, and fully integrate, you know, what you do in arena, you know, at Boston, you know, with the telecast, you know, and and, and have it become one, you know, kind of one total broadcast, one total experience.
2: Steve, do you look at what you're doing with the WNBA and the D-League and what colleges and universities are doing is kind of like a guinea pig or petri dish for maybe set that someday?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, w- without a doubt. I mean, I think there's just absolutely no way that, that these colleges and universities, um, uh, certainly the D-League, would be on the air without a device like the TriCaster. And, and the important thing is now it's HD because I don't think people watch SD sports the only, the only way you watch SD sports is if you have a great affinity for that team. Yeah. Otherwise, you're searching out the more HD. Expensive. Yeah, right. Yeah. Same, I mean, when you graze your channels at home at night, you're searching for yeah. HD yeah. at yeah. this point.
3: With that answer, Steve has officially become my hero.
5: <laughs>
1: uh.
3: All right, do we, ha- we have another question? I saw a question right here, and then we'll grab one more from the back. Yes, sir. Hey, i Grant from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I just wanted to ask about uh, engagement of the audience um, it'd be interesting hearing from the sport as well as Mr. Laporte.
4: Um, I uh, I know that doing chat, uh, live chat with the audience is is really key. Um, one difference I think with Twitter is that
3: that audience is knows how to do chat. They know right. IRC. You know, they know how to do it. Just
0: cutting edge because we, use, we speak to technologists, so they're ahead of the, But I I think it's no doubt at all that that's going to be a, a global ability. I mean, the kids growing up. With it today, or completely comfortable with it, right?
1: No, I think I think that in fact, um, well, you could probably take the tweets, take Twitter, right, and index NBA games very successfully. Yeah. yeah, you'd probably be able to log them. You know, I probably wouldn't even have to hire loggers to get it done because of the volume of of Twitter that that surrounds, you know, uh, you know the ba- that surrounds Kobe, you know, and what he does, and, his, and the people that are following him that are following his activity on the court. So it's something that we're, we're actually studying at the league to see if there's a way that we can kind of integrate social media not only into the live event, you know, to get people talking back and forth to each other, but what do we do with it after the event, you know? Um, um, and what we found often, too, is that there's often great spikes associated with the social media on advertisements, right? A crazy new ad will get a big spike, you know, in terms of the number of tweets associated with it. but. Uh, there's actually some tools on Google uh, now and other tools that, that, and we're observing this and trying to figure out, you know, what to do with it.
2: And we, we, look, at, um, we look at video, whether our games are, are being streamed by us ourselves or whether, you know, whether it's games on CBS or ESPN or whatever. We use it as, as one part of, um, of what we call wraparound coverage for all of our events. So the game's on TV, or we're streaming the game, but at the same time, we're providing live stats. We're either doing live blogging, like with Cover It Live, there's you know, the program like that. I'm sure there's many like that. Or with Twitter, where people can direct questions at you know the team's main account, or you know be part of a conversation using a hashtag. We're posting Facebook photos and many Facebook videos throughout the game. And then after the game, you have the written recap. You have the video recap with interviews from the press conference with the coach and the athletes and, and all that stuff. You have people that are tweeting about it still um you know you have a photo gallery for the people that want to go through and the photos are all sellable and stuff like that too so we if we can kind of hit all those things if we can hit the written if we can hit the photo gallery if we can hit the social media with facebook and twitter and we can hit uh the video we call it hitting for the cycle you know first second third and and home
3: and mark i want to you were i think you were the first person to credential a twitter guy weren't you at st john's
2: (laughs) we we were and uh we we found a guy, when we were starting our Twitter account for St. John's basketball, we were like a month in and we had like three hundred or four hundred followers and then I found somebody in our marketplace in New York City that was really into college basketball and somehow had uh, forty six thousand followers. So I said, it'll take me years and <laughs> probably a lot of time to try to develop a following like that. So what we did was we took a press pass, we you know, interviewed the guy and kinda like, you know, made sure he, he could made leap sure he over wasn't certain a psycho. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, make sure he was a relatively normal guy, which he, which he was very normal. And uh, we put the press pass around his neck, and just like that, you know, we incorporated another fifty thousand Twitter followers for every single one of our games, which you know helped move the conversation along, and, and is very complimentary to, you know, again the written accounts, the live stats, the Facebook coverage, the you know the written coverage, and whatever platform we're broadcasting on, whether it's TV or whatever. And the Knicks liked that idea so much they stole him from me. They made him a full-time employee, and now he runs the. New York Knicks social media efforts, but wow. I, can't, I can't blame them. If anybody's got 50,000 or so Twitter followers and wants to work at St. John's, you know, wow. we'll feed you. We have uh, good pregame meals. And <laughs> we have the taco bar, very big in the Big East Conference, the taco bar. And we'll put a credential around your neck, and if you can keep it straight, that's uh, it's not a bad way to go. And I think we, we've I've seen it pop up across the, you know, the, the college and university landscape that more people are trying to roll that in. Um, you know, and if, if you can find somebody that is the right thing for you, I mean, that's that's fantastic.
3: Thank you. Um, well, we, I think we have time for one more question. Um, we'll take one from the back. I don't know which guy I'm going to pick. Um, he had his hand up with more emphasis. He looked more serious, so I'm sorry, dude. You got sold out.
1: I've been a long time. I know about emphasis. Uh, Leo, I, I'm a long-time fan. Loved uh, tech TV back in the day. And I'm think, sitting here thinking about your show now uh, against the two sports things where the paradigm is different in that those guys take the TriCaster and cover somebody else's event. Well, I mean, it's their own event, but it's a basketball game, basically. Whereas what you're doing with it is doing a talk show in your in your cottage, which I understand is getting bigger. You're getting a new studio? Yeah. Any chance you might want to go to the, the apex of what Tech TV had, and that was uh, Screensavers, and have an actual produced show where you do things like have they might be giants on one section, right. review a computer the next section, talk to, to you know, somebody well, in New York the next
0: section? The challenge, of course, is that that's a very expensive thing to do. We had many producers. We had a lot of staff. Um, but that's one of the reasons we are moving to a uh, 10,000-square-foot studio. We are building a set. I hired the screensaver set designer to build the new set. I don't know if the – I would hesitate to say that the goal would be to rebuild Tech TV because – the model of tech tv really didn't work that's why tech tv doesn't exist it was a broad it was a cable channel that was spending 50 to 100 million dollars a year a lot of that money was to get distribution was going to cable companies so that they would carry the channel but a lot of it was production it was very very expensive and there wasn't enough advertising support listener support viewer support to pay for it so paul allen lost hundreds of millions of dollars and, and threw in the towel so we have to be a little smarter than that I, I mean, I truthfully think what we're trying to do is not recreate tech TV, but reinvent tech TV in a new era. You know, I'm really uh, thinking about the, diffi- the most difficult challenge for us is similar to the challenge uh, that they have, which is how do you create a channel with a large audience that is fully interactive, that the audience feels like they're a part of the channel, that they're not sitting watching an event, but they're actually in the event and part of the event, and, and managing a social media, managing a chat room, uh, I, I wish there were a TriCaster for, inter, for interactivity, a, a way that I could easily, you know, manip- somehow integrate what's going on out there into what's going on in here. And that would be very different than tech TV. Tech TV was a very traditional television show. I want to bring those elements back, absolutely. We will bring those elements back. I mean, we'll, we'll have a lot of that, but I want to take the next step, which is to make it a fully interactive event. That's why we're live, so that you can be part of it. And I think it's, in many ways, that's what, that's what these guys are trying to solve with social media. They're trying to incorporate the audience back into the programming. It's a, it's a great challenge. It's very interesting. And I think the audience wants it now. I, don't think, I think that uh, we're no longer willing to sit and watch a performance. We want to be part of the play. And, uh, and so how do, we, how do we do that is, a, is actually the next big challenge for everybody.
3: Well, I just want to thank the panelists. We are honored to have such heavy hitters sitting here on this stage. Let's give a round of applause. Leo Laporte, Steve Helmuth, Mark Fratto, and the missing Adam Canarola. Um I also want to thank you guys for coming out spending some time with us here at NAB. And uh, we do appreciate you being here with us tonight. And we plan on seeing you here next year for the third Broadcast Minds event. I don't know how we're going to top this, but we're going to have to figure out a way. So thank you guys. Good night. And thanks for being here. Leo, you rock. Steve.
4: This whole new web world is allowing this whole new creativity to happen. You know, there's always been creative people and maybe they just haven't had a chance and the tools to do it. The TriCaster gives you the tools to be as creative as you want.
2: It's not a webcam on your computer. This is a really powerful tool with HD quality video.
4: There's stations in town where you see they've got their little rinky-dink camera setups and there's bad audio It doesn't look good and they're not switching from different camera views like you have with TriCaster got something professional like that, makes all the difference in the world.
0: If it wasn't for the TriCaster, the students that we have working at the university and going to school here and graduating from here wouldn't have the skills needed in today's market and in future markets, whatever they may be.
3: You don't have to have this big fancy switcher to learn how to do live cuts and live transitions, live effects. I mean, it can all be done on the TriCaster.
2: Yamaha decided to uh, adopt live streaming as a way to take events and really take whatever investment time and energy we spend in that particular event and take that to the masses. And it was very clear from the start that really new tech and the TriCaster was the way to go. There's just so much expandability
0: and customization that you can do with the TCXD850. It's, it's just awesome. We're building a 24-7 broadcast studio, 20 cameras, hundreds of light fixtures, a TriCaster 850. And because it's so affordable, we can do the same kind of coverage better for a fraction of the cost. It makes us financially viable. I'm only in the web streaming business because of NewTek and the TriCaster technology nothing else exists as far as I'm concerned
2: and we are live and in the house we can prove it go to video Tricaster
1: has allowed us to expand our listener experience taking something that is just a audible thing and turning it into something that's video and audio and it really makes us look like a
2: professional television show
3: we're radio people there's a reason you shouldn't see it,
2: <laughs> for me at least. A lot of companies are still doing a lot of print or a lot of event sponsorship. For us, video content is, is the core of our marketing
5: campaign. So by having a sick piece of gear like the TriCaster gives
2: us the opportunity to treat guitar enthusiasts around the world to a really great time. So at the end of the day, it, it's, a, it's a crucial part of our production.
3: Tricaster is easy enough to use as students have been able to
4: come in. Just It's very user-friendly, and now it's actually allowed us to add into it a live show, which we could not have done before without it. People are expecting
3: quality now. It used to be a little more forgiving, but now it's like, wait, I want to see a high quality. And if it weren't for the Tricaster, I don't know how else we'd be doing this.
5: From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, and streaming live on Ustream, thanks to NewTax Tricaster, this is The Adam Corolla Show. When we started Adam's podcast, the success was absolutely amazing to us. So, when we wanted to start producing video, the TriCaster just seemed like the right answer for us. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice. Better get it on. Mandate. Get it on. The the, the price you pay for something like this and what it does, it is absolutely magical. (laughs)
1: Thank you for joining us for Broadcast Minds, presented by NewTek. We look forward to seeing you next year for Broadcast Minds 2012. During your visit here at NAB, stop by the NewTek booth
3: at SL4514. So long for now.